how I make goodness. I have to say hi. My name's Sarah. Who's yours? Listening to the Essa Derek Podcast, where you don't have to be a Derek fan, but it sure does help. This is the Beers with Grandpa podcast. Oh, that's nice. This NA Beers with Grandpa, zero alcohol, not the not the point five, right? Yeah, right. Mmm. Bud zero. That's refreshing. After a day of spending a day in the sun selling stuff at the yard sale. Making money. Yeah, so this is the Esoteric Podcast. Do you know what a podcast is? Uh, generally. It's pretty much us just talking, <clears throat> and people are going to find it really interesting. I couldn't imagine. I have ones of followers. I have at least three people listen to my podcast. Oh, yeah? Over a month. But... Maybe uh, maybe you'll be the one to to make me famous. Oh, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> no doubt. So, of course, we're going to have a, a whole bunch of telemarketers calling Granny, but we'll just have to embrace that. So I'm sitting down today with my grandpa just to chat. One thing that's cool about podcasts is I feel like, I feel like um, throughout human history, we've kind of done a full circle. So before recording devices, we had storytelling. And it would just be, you know, even like nursery rhymes or uh, fables and myths and, uh, and stories were just passed down through the years. You know, they changed. Um, a lot of like what we see on Disney was just stories, Germanic right. stories. And then we eventually got to a point where we started recording things through movies um, I think when you were younger, the radio was a was the thing. That was the big thing. Yeah, um, I was telling Grandma a story. Like you were a little bit older, so maybe you remember this. But do you remember when War of the Worlds was on the radio? War of the Worlds. I don't remember that particular one. I remember the Shadow. Well, and... War, of, War of the Worlds. I think it was H.G. Wells was the author. And he, it was the first time he just started telling, like he, reading his book, or someone was reading the book on the radio, and it, there was aliens, and the world was coming to an end, and people didn't know that it was fiction. <laughs> so it really rocked some I people. can imagine, back then, yeah. Yeah, and then TV came in, and then, you know, you had, you had records that you could record on, and eight tracks at one point, right. and cassette tapes. And CDs. On down on. It just, when I was in high school, it was MP3s, which you could download, you could download them or pay 99 cents and get one song for 99 cents. Yeah. Well, nowadays, everything is on the internet. So, it's almost like a jukebox that's just, everything is there. In fact, we have internet jukebox now that me and Grandma are talking about, but it's not, not that interesting. Um, so now, for our, for entertainment... We have the internet. We always have, you know, a pair of headphones or whatever. So now we have podcasts. So this might blow your mind. How much would it interest you 
to watch a stranger play video games on your TV. Not at all. It's one of the most popular things right now. People will pay people to watch them play video games and talk. That that would not interest me a bit. However, would you watch other people fishing? I don't get a lot out of that either because everybody everybody has their own technique. Mm -hmm. And you watch these fishing shows like on television. Okay? Yeah. How many times do you think when they catch a fish, how many times do you think they threw that bait before they caught that fish? Oh, it's the first time every time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what they want you to believe. But I'll bet it takes them four or five hours between catches Yeah, but, to I mean, do I, that. I've fished with you, and you catch five to my one. So if they're a little bit better fishermen than you, which I don't know if that's even possible... There are people are, who are better than I. Are you a master fisherman? No. Is it what, ten at 10,000 hours of doing something, you become a master? Well, I'm a master then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How many times over? Uh, probably two or three. If you were if you were in karate, you'd probably be a black belt? And... I, I would be that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I try to fish three days a week. I don't always get there. But during during the summer months, I cut down because it's so hot, and I don't like to eat. But uh, now in the, in the spring, in the summer, or in the fall, I get my share in. A couple of years ago, I remember I did an interview with you and Grandma. And talked about how you guys met, and you know, I asked a whole bunch of stuff. I was just curious about. None of it matched up, but <laughs> I, I have a general general idea. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd rather have you do more talking than I do because otherwise what's the point of having you on my podcast? Tell me who you are and uh, what you do for fun. Well, my name is Don Myers, and I do a lot of fishing for fun. In fact, most fishing. And the rest of the time is going to the seniors. I have, we have a pool tournament. We have tournaments that we go to London and Hillsborough and London. Washington Courthouse and yeah, we go all over the country. Oh, oh, I thought you meant London, England. No, no. You're not that good yet. No, not yet. Oh. But we go, uh, go there and we play, uh, and then we always play on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays to practice, so we can get good, which we never do. But. No. No. You ever play for money? No. That's that's not allowed. In. Well, they don't there to seniors, and we don't. None of <clears throat> a couple guys might be good enough to play, but I'm not. So we, I had a joke with Grandma that she's 39 and been 39 for a while. You're a little older than 39, but yeah. not by much. 42. 42. <laughs> and we talked about how you guys are. You've been married for 68 years. Yeah. And I'm so, 42 years old. 42 years old. Yeah, so it's it's never nice to talk about age, but uh, you have a 90th birthday coming up. Yes, I do. I'm looking forward to it. And you you look, everyone always remarks on how healthy you look. Do you feel as healthy as you look? Yes. I'd like to kick some people in the butt for how they how they seem to think you're you're uh, younger and, and more energetic and have... Uh, 
too, too many people ask favors of you, and you're known for being such a kind human that you can't say no to people. Well, and then you got the other side of the coin where people think I'm an invalid and can't do nothing. Well, I think you're in between somewhere, right? Well, I, I, I probably am. Yeah. But I enjoy, I enjoy working for people. I enjoy doing things for people, and I've done it all my life, so I'm not going to stop now just because I'm old and can't walk. <laughs> do you feel 90? No. People, people see you when you, we were at the suit shop that I work at. They said, I, I, I think I told them you were 88. You might have been 88 at the time, I'm yeah. not sure. But they said, there's no way he's that old. You know, like That's that. what everybody says. Everybody says you're not that old. But what, What's the secret of looking so, so handsome? Well, I wish I could say it's good, clean living, but that's not true. <laughs> well, fish have a lot of amino acids. Yeah, Fresh and and I do a, I do a lot of outside activities, and I've always worked out all my life, ever since I've been in the Navy. So I've worked out, so even before I went in the Navy, we worked out. So I've always kept myself in good shape, yeah, and great. I think that means, you know, when you quit exercising you quit doing things that's what I tell people you know that are in bad shape is just don't give up because when you quit when you quit moving you're done for I saw it with my dad and, and a few other people so I try to encourage people to keep busy yeah well every time uh, mom or aunt or anyone worries about you I, I said well you ain't going to stop him because he's got that Myers stubbornness. <laughs> and I said, when he dies, he's going to go out his own way, and he's going to die doing what he loves. That's right. But, I mean, I, I told Grandma I expect you guys to be around for at least 30 more years. Well, that might be a long time, but we'll be around for a while. <laughs> when I was a kid, I you always said, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to die before Jesus comes. Is that still the plan? Well, I'd like to think so, but... Uh, if he keeps holding off, it's getting a little harder. <laughs> I kind of wish he had, had come uh, before 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, something I wanted to talk about and, you, and that you brought up was your was your time in the Navy. And you know what? I'm a huge Navy fan. Uh, what, what did you do in the Navy? Well, I've done several things. I started out and... Uh, I was in the Naval Beach Group in Coronado, California. I've been there. And I started out, I was a dispersing clerk or worked in the dispersing office. And I wasn't good for money, with money. I never did like working with it. I never did like, so I transferred to the uh, office and worked as a yeoman mm -hmm. on the type because I'd had typing and everything. So I worked in the office while I finished out my naval career, working in the offices. How many years were you in the Navy? I was in there just a little over four. Is it, was that the, the, was four the standard and you stayed a little mm -hmm. longer? Four was the standard. Yeah, I signed up for four years when I joined. What years were you in? I was in from 51 to 55. That was prime Korean War, right? Yeah. Were you, did you... While you were in the Navy, was there any other major conflicts going on, or was it just Korean War kind of at that time? Just kind of the Korean War, yeah. 
the uh, other one that just started was just getting started. I mean, it wasn't nothing there. But what uh, did you get to see uh, other countries, or did you get to travel travel while you were in the navy? Well, if you're on a ship, you're going to travel. And what what kind of ship were you on? Or you I was on several ships. The first time when I left, as I said, I was in Naval Beach Group, so I went from port to port. So the first time I went to Yokosuka, Japan, and I went on the Philippine Seas, which is an air, which is an aircraft carrier, and uh, that was an exciting experience. And then uh, later on, we kept going back. We'd go there and we'd stay three months. We'd come back. And so the second time I went over on a destroyer, which is really good because they move. And uh, then the third time I went over, I went over on an LST. Landing craft uh, transport. They, I, sh- I should know that. Yeah. Time, but they, also, the listeners may not yeah. know um, what that stands for. What they, what they did was basically it was one of the ship that the front opened up and they went up on the beach and they dropped the plank and every, the soldiers and stuff would go on the beach like Norman and them. So mm-hmm. it was a real neat experience. We used to, it's kind of nasty, but we used to go in and not let the front gate down all the way. Mm-hmm. And so that when the <coughs> soldiers would run off, they'd go in over their head. <laughs> it was kind of a nasty joke, but we wasn't far enough out that they couldn't get to shore. But Did you work with the, were the Marines partnered with the Navy yeah. back then? Well, I was part of the Marines. Oh, I didn't by, being, by being in Naval Beach Group, when I was in Yakuza, Japan, I would stand upstairs and look at the Marines going down on a base. We were stationed on the same base with them. Did the Navy and the Marines get along back then? No. Why is They still don't. Why is that? It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just a thing. That's like... It's always been and always will be. Maybe it's just healthy competition, but it's almost like hating your taxi driver. Well, you can't... You can't... uh, I don't know what it is, but you, like was in in, uh, in San Francisco and them bases, we'd be in them bars and they'd come in and you'd just square off. It, did you ever fight in, well, you were part Marine, but did you ever get in a fight with a Marine? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to, tropical <clears throat> bar where I met, remember I took my wife in, and you heard that on my last, yours, uh, we went in, and uh, it was quite an experience. When the girl sat on your lap? Yes. And my wife was not very happy. She's got a lot of temper. And uh, the girl didn't sit there very long. <laughs> and the odd thing was about it, I'd went in that bar for probably six months or a year. Mm-hmm. And a girl had never come up to me at all. I mean, I knew her because I used to shoot shuffleboard with her. We used to play shuffleboard for drinks. Mm-hmm. And 
but she never never done anything other than that was just ordinary friends. And for some reason, whether it was because Dora was with me, I don't know. But she came over and sat on my lap, and that was a mistake. <laughs> Do you know what her name was? No. Her first name? No. Grandma said she didn't know, and she couldn't uh -uh. remember what she looked like, but she still dreams about that girl. In fact, I'm not sure I ever knew her name. <laughs> you know, we just come in, and we start playing shuffleboard, and we was pretty good. We, we won our share of games, so. But uh, his... I I tried to find the tropical bar when I was in San Diego. Couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. It must be gone. It was called Tropicana or something like that. It was right in the middle of San Diego. It was just a little bar, so I imagine maybe it's probably gone. Yeah. Did you ever fish off the back of a ship? Yes. Did you ever catch anything? We, uh, when we was on, when I was going over... Japan on a destroyer, we took a boat line and unhooked it from the boat, a big cable, mm -hmm. and made a big hook down in the machine shop, put a big hunk of beef on it, and we caught about a 30-foot shark on it. Did you eat it? No. No, we cut him loose after oh. we let him go. Yeah. That's cool. But, yeah, we just, he just come up and got it, and we just winced him up. I mean, there was nothing to it. So, but it was interesting. Well, that's funny. Will you tell tell me the story again about uh, how your colorblindness affected your, your work in the Navy? Well, you know, not only in Navy, but when I got out and started working at General Motors, <laughs> uh, that was the major part because they put me on a line where I was wiring refrigerators and had all these different color bars that I was supposed to hook up. And uh, you have to, I had to <laughs> just know them by, by sight, what colors they were. And my foreman came up one time and I told him, I said, you know, I said, it's awful bad when you take a guy that's colorblind and put him on a line to wire ranges up and he got really excited I, I thought you were a so maybe I'm mixing two stories together I thought you were for a while I thought you were an electrician in the Navy and you had that same trouble no uh, no you know what would be fun there's a thing called Istara colorblind test and we should see how your colorblindness compares to mine and I think all the Myers blood boys I think all have got that from you yeah <laughs> evidently because they seem to all have it. Yeah. But I can distinguish bright colored, like red, yellow, and blue. I mean, most people can do that. Yeah. But orange, uh, different color oranges and reds, and I get kind of confused. Probably like lavender and purple. Yeah, I stay away from them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, a little bit ago, Grandma had a whole, like a, a variety of, uh, four different shirts, and she was asking me what color they are. I said, I don't, that one looks, I mean, they all look pink to me. That one's like kind of pink. That one's kind of red. None of them look purple. She was asking me if they're purple, and I, I don't know. The, so I can't see green green and red, and you know how many different colors have some green hey, and some red in them. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Grandma. She's colorblind, too. That's that's interesting because yeah, women because are rarely colorblind. I know, but I, I know colors that I know are silly. 
specific colors, and oh. she'll tell me they're not. Especially my pants. She thinks it's gray. She gets her grays mixed up. Yeah. Uh, so we're not, it's not all us anyway. Yeah. Um, any other, uh, what's, what's some of the most memorable things uh, that, went, that you did while you were in the Navy? Uh, probably the most memorable is when uh, we was at Anna Weetop and I saw three atomic bombs set off. Oh, I had never heard this story. Yeah. Yeah, we was in there and we talked, and we even went in and uh, decontaminated one uh, island that they blew up. When they blow it up, after a while you can go in, and they just take a bulldozer and bulldozer all that stuff into the, the little islands, and they just bulldoze the mud into the, the water. Hmm. And then... Uh, of course, we was out there at the one, and most people might remember where the people got uh, the on observers mm -hmm. got the blast was so great that the fallout surrounded them, and they couldn't get out for three or four days. Wow! Uh, you were pretty young when Pearl Harbor happened, right? Yeah, I wasn't in the service when that happened. But you, you were, you were probably. Maybe at the oldest? I'm sure. Somewhere around there. Do you remember there. that happening in the news? or? Yeah, I remember it. And I remember the day it happened. We were coming back from Lake Erie fishing. Surprise. Yeah. And got the news. And you couldn't you couldn't get in. The, we stopped at a gas station. And we was in. Uh, I'd say the, the gas line was about a mile long. Everybody was going to get gas because they just knew there was going to be a shortage and nobody get any. What, was there a shortage? Never was, really. It was just kind of a thing where everybody, you know, people get excited. Like now? Yeah, and everybody everybody still does. You, you know, you talk about a flood or you talk about a hurricane coming in, whether it's going to happen or not. You see people going to stores and the bread shelves are empty and... It, yeah, it's not changed any. It's still the same. Yeah, we, we panic quick for some reason. Yes, we seem to. I try not to, but uh, people do. I just let people slide. Yeah. you think Pearl Harbor, is? did that affect your choice to join the Navy at all? Or you just joined no. the Navy? Why, why did you join the Navy? I just, uh, my buddy and I, we was in, <clears throat> we had joined the... Uh, National Guard, mm -hmm. and was in 137th Field Artillery, and they was going to uh, send us, activate us, and send us overseas. Mm -hmm. And my buddy and I decided that we weren't going to die in the mud if we had to die. So we said, well, we just joined the Navy. Mm -hmm. So we went to the National Guard people, and they said, you can't do that. So I said, okay, so we wasn't going to give up. We went to the this admiral when we took our physical, and we talked to him, and he said, well, he said, I'll tell you how it is. He said, you come in, take your physical, and we'll send them a letter and tell them you're gone. And it was that, <laughs> it was that simple. Yeah, I mean, if you can talk to an admiral, they have a lot of, a lot yeah. of pull. Yeah, he was, uh, well, he was in charge of everything, and we just was talking to him, and I 
I told him, I said, they said we couldn't do it. We couldn't. Once we'd signed up in the National Guard, we was in there. So, mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. We went. I went to the Navy. I've I've seen photos. There's one particular photo where Grandma's got her arms around your neck and you're early 20s, you might have just been married, but you were so ripped. Was that, did you get, were you always that ripped even before the Navy, or was that mostly during the Navy? Well, I worked out all my life. I mean, I had a buddy named Roger Ashcraft, and him and I used to work out, even when we was working at uh, Steelcraft and them different places, we'd go work out. At, and so I've always worked out, but yeah. And when I went in the Navy, I never stopped. So, Well, you passed that gene to, to me and Willie. And I know about Gary Jr. I think he's a little more round than the average Myers. Gary Gary Jr., he works out. He, yeah. He's pretty, <clears throat> pretty stout. I, I make a joke a lot of the times is you could get me and any, any male with Myers blood and put a board across our heads and you'll get perfect level. Yeah, just or, about. Or, we're all stuck. How how tall have you always said you are? Five eight. I think I've always said five nine, but I'm pretty sure it's actually five eight. Five, well, I'm actually five eight and a half, oh. or I was before I became ninety years old. Now that I'm ninety, I think I'm maybe seven and a half. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it. Uh, I think you shrink. Yeah, Your well, bones get dilapidated and you sag a little. So. I've always been a little a little sad that I didn't get the Tedrick six two height. Well, it's good when you're in school and you can play basketball and stuff. But after you get out, what good is it? Yeah, I mean, you can reach reach things that nobody else can. But outside of that, and you can always get a ladder. So that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. you, you it doesn't have a benefit. You pass down good genetics. I have. I don't. I can't get fat. I don't think you probably could ever get fat if you wanted to. 165 pounds when I was in the Navy, and I quit smoking and was in boot camp. I got up to 165. Right after I got out of boot camp, I started smoking again. I went back down to 145, and that's probably where I've been. I think I weigh 138 now, but 135 now. But I've been in that area all my life. I've been 145, 150. Um, at the most, except for I, used to, I had a desk job for two years, just photoshopping, and I got to 165. But yeah. Not, but that wasn't muscle. Yeah. No. No. My well, mine pretty much. Mine pretty much was. I uh, I kept most of my most of my training. I stayed pretty firm. But my I had a wonderful friend. He was a great buddy, and we just. Have done everything together, and as you know, people do, and we worked out. Always worked out together. What was his name? Roger Ashcraft. Roger Ashcraft. Yeah, he passed away. I tried to get a hold of him, and we met through high school. Well, I went with his sister for a while, but is he the same guy that you showed up to Grandma's house with, or is that a different guy? The day she fell in love with you, you came to her house and she saw you in your uniform. Yeah. Was that the same guy? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. How come I've ne how come I never met him? Was he, he doesn't live He him? died before before you were before we really could get together and do you know, he 
he lived in in uh, Loveland, outside of Loveland on Forty Eight, and he. This we never got together so much after. Uh, I met Dora and got married. Start having kids. That's yeah. what happens to all my friends. They have kids and disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the the shortness isn't so bad, but you did give us good genetics. I ain't going bald. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I'd rather be short than bald. Yes, right. Uh, so not everyone can see you. You're uh, 89 years old. You got a thick, thick head of white hair. Yep. And uh, you're you're still. I bet you could still whoop. I bet you could whoop any any 90 year old or any 85 year old you know. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but. <laughs> I I can whip my son if that means anything. Grandson? Son. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah that's true. But no. Yeah. Um. So, uh, kind of last thing I want to talk about the Navy. Um, I'd like to hear your experience on the honor flight because I think that was a pretty pretty neat thing, wasn't it? That's the most awesome thing, I guess. I still get choked up. The most awesome thing I guess I was ever on. It uh, is something that if you've been in the service, you need to go on it. Every everybody needs to go at least once and see that and see the honor guard, all the things that's going on in Washington, the cemetery. We get you get a complete tour of everything. Uh, w walk me through it. What what was it? And yeah, start start to finish. What was it? What what is the honor flight? Well, it's the first <laughs> the first thing you do. It's awesome. You take you in there in, in a train terminal or in a ter air terminal, or whichever. And there's thousands and thousands of people here to honor you, and you're getting on this train, and then you're going to go to Washington, D.C., and then when you get off of that, you got thousands and thousands of people there to re to greet you. They're clapping. And oh, yeah. Flags. Yeah, and then, you, of course, you have to pray down past them and everything, and it's uh, it's pretty neat. Did they feed you, too? I oh, like kings. That's awesome. Where, where yeah. did you eat at? We ate there in the terminal, and then we had... Uh, most uh, Janice, and Bill, and them came and got us, and then we went out after that. But I don't remember too much after that. Did you go alone? No. Who went no. with you? Well, when I was in the honor flight, Janice and Bill and Dora was there, and I think Gary, if I'm not mistaken, Gary. But you, so when you were on, what, what kind of plane was it? Just a regular. Oh, when I was on the honor flight. Oh, it's just a transport plane. They just transported us from. Uh, well, we all met in in Wilmington, and then we went to Dayton, and then we took a flight out of Dayton and flew into Washington D.C. Was there? Were you able to see anyone that you knew, like that you served with, or? No, I didn't. No, it was. Uh, of course, there's just so many people, and it's they're all crowded around you. You don't have much of a chance. They have it every year at Washington, uh, 
different places. They get all get together, and, and uh, usually VFW are one of them places to get it together. And they have a they had a doings up in Wilmington for us, where we kind of had a little celebration in the street, where they kind of honored us. That's it awesome. was it was just neat. Do you think you'll ever do it again? No. Too, too too much. You did it once, and that was enough. No, that's enough. I uh, I enjoyed it. I know what it is, and and it's just it's something that something you want to remember. So you just you had it one time. Why would you want to do it over mm -hmm. the same thing? And so I'm a one time guy. So you know, we kind of talked about how I got good genes from you and good hair and. Uh, <laughs> I was never as ripped as you, but I've never had you know, trouble. You never worked out like I did either. No, probably <laughs> not. Um, and something I've talked to Grandma about is genealogy. Do you know, how much do you know about your own genealogy? I don't know anything, hardly. I need to, did I ever print you a book, a booklet with all your stuff in it? I don't think so. I did it for Grandma and Grandpa Tedger. Yeah. Um, for their 70th. What ethnic, ethnic blood do you think that you have outside of the United States? So where Most, your... I would say mostly German, which is Myers, mm -hmm. which is German. So, And uh, I probably got some Dutch in me. Survey says you're 23% German. Oh, yeah? Yes. I knew I had some German in me. <laughs> Survey says you are not Dutch. I'm not Dutch. You're oh, not Dutch. that's good. You are mostly English. Oh. You are 44% English. Oh, right. Do you remember when I made you spit into a vial? Yeah. Did you, did you know what was happening then? No. <laughs> uh, Grandma said she knew. When I did Grandma and Grandpa Tedrick, I don't think they had any idea. And they're, you know, I'm not as close to them. And they seem really, or in my mind, they're a lot more proper. And maybe it's because I didn't grow up with them quite as much yeah. as you and Grandma. but. They, they did it, and I, I, you know, I think they basically understand what happened now. But um, after English, you are 24% Scottish. I don't believe that. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> I don't know what part of me is Scottish. Uh, I, I have a never well to quilt, kilt. There's no no time like the present to start. Oh, uh, yes. It says, uh, according to the, the DNA results, you're 4% Irish, you're 3% Norwegian, and you're 2% French. And the French probably comes from the French and Scotland were... Yeah, France together. Scotland. Yeah. yeah, so that, that could be where that's from. Right, I would win. Um, but yeah, you're mo mostly English. Um, uh, I was telling Grandma yesterday, I think it, it's awesome that I have four living grandparents. And uh, I, I always wanted to give you all the DNA test. Um, and then I just kept putting it off. And finally, they, they had the 50% off. So I got all four for the price of two. Mm -hmm. I said that, and I, I will never regret doing that. <laughs> so, Well, it's good to know what you are. Yeah. Um, in October, I'm going to a Highland Highland Games and camping and this whole huge event. Um, Grandma Barb is mostly Scottish as well. Um, her maiden name was Wilkie. Wilkie. And that's short for William, which was, you know, it was a na last name that was 
to honor William the Great, who was the, or William the Conqueror, one or the other, a Frenchman, yeah, who took over Scotland. But I guess at the time, it, you know, he took it over, but the people didn't really mind. I don't know if, you know, like, they didn't really care. It's like, yeah, he's French, fine. Maybe he's just a gracious guy. Maybe so. <laughs> I think they were used to being ruled by someone. Yeah. Maybe it didn't really matter. I've been trying to do more research into it because now I know I'm, I think I'm around 44% Scottish. Um, and Scotland was taken over so many times yeah. by the Vikings, and England took them over at one point. And at one point, England said, you either bow the knee to England or get out of here. And a lot of people moved Left. to yeah. United States, whatever it was called at the time. And um, you know, there's a lot in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. And because England took over Scotland, um, they, Scottish... Um, culture and you know all their traditions were were destroyed because they saw that the Highlanders were the guys who lived in the north of right, the mountains right. that wore the kilts and whatever, and they saw that as like a you know they were like savages basically, so you know they weren't allowed to do any of that. So then they sent them off. You know they left, and so all the Scottish heritage was preserved especially in the, the Appalachian Mountains and, the, you know, there's several right. places where they went. Um, and then years, like 200 years later, then the Highlanders, it, you know, in Scotland and England were, were seen as like heroes, like enough time had gone by. So the, they started wearing the kilts again. At one point, you know, do you know what a tartan is? No. It's the plaid that they wore. Oh, yeah. So each clan, each family would have their tartan, and they were banned for a long time. And then 200 years later, everyone was doing it and uh, and doing the dance, and it came back. And yeah. see if there's any Myers clan. Um, I'll hit up the Wilkie clan. Yeah, probably not, but it'd be interesting to check and find out. Yeah. Um, so something else that I think has always connected us um, is, is sports. So you mentioned a couple of things. What did you? What what sports did you play when you were younger? And did you like sports? Uh, I was a sports fanatic, I guess. The only sport I didn't play was football. How did and you play football? They didn't have it when I was in school. Goshen High School didn't have it. They had it when my brother went, but when I went to school, they didn't have it, or I'd have played. I never got into soccer. How big was soccer? Like you knew what it, it was. Yeah, it wasn't big you know in fact it was just coming on like when i was in high school and uh it wasn't very popular was there any sports when you were younger that no one plays now or just are not kind of unheard of not that i know of i pretty much the only uh other than soccer the only sport that I never got into was golf. And I never could see hitting that little ball and then running after it. So I played 18 holes when I was in, in the Navy. I hit one ball straight, it went in the ditch at the bottom of the ravine. And uh, I picked it up and threw it out of there and that was it. That was That's the extent of my golfing. Yeah. So. What were your 
what were your three three favorite sports? No, five? no doubt about it. Softball. Softball, baseball, and uh, bowling. Bowling, yeah, was the three that I excelled in. What was your best bowling game? Your best score? Two ninety nine. Third, third to first ball in the pocket, and the ten pin never moved. And threw eleven. In fact, I got a plaque up there for throwing eleven in a row. That's wild. But uh, yeah, that's the closest I ever came. I mean, that's close enough. Yeah, I've I had some a lot of high games, but nothing like that. You think about all the kids nowadays who don't put their fingers in the ball. Is that okay, or is that just goofy? That started a long time ago. There's been a lot of guys that's always palmed the ball, and you can throw a lot bigger hook with it, and that's what splatters a pin. So, you know, I have nothing wrong with that, but it's just to me it was <clears throat> it was always awkward. So I just never got into it. But we had guys back in the 50s when I bowled that uh, threw the ball like that. Did a lot of the Navy bases that you were on have bowling alleys? No, not and too many of them. Some of them, I guess, did, but I never bowled when I was in the Navy. I had other things to do. Yeah. Well, I, I said I wasn't going to bring up the Navy anymore, but I do have <laughs> another, another question. So you did you ever set foot in, in Korea? Yes. How, how we went We went to Korea. Well, I didn't actually set foot on Korea. We went, I was on the LST 1157. We went to Korea, and we evacuated, I forget how many soldiers. We went into Korea and, you know, took them out, brought them out of there and, and uh, back, back home, back to Japan. Yeah, you won some awards too, right? I got a few. Every, every time I ask you about them, you either are <coughs> just very humble or you don't really care. It's They're not. They're, you know, when you get rewards in the service, half of the rewards you get goes with the ship, okay? And it's passed on to you. You don't, you don't earn them rewards. I mean, you're not there to get them. You just get their certificate because that's what that ship was done. done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of papers like that. But I only got four or five where I actually participated. Yeah, but you you actually set foot and spent some time in Japan, right? Yeah, oh, I was stationed in Japan, Yokosuka. Yeah. Oh, you were mentioned that earlier. I meant to yeah. ask you. I, I I'm not familiar with that with that city. Yeah, Yokosuka, Japan. Um, and then when you went to Haiti, that wasn't with the Navy, right? That no, was, that was with a church group. I want to talk more about sports, but while we're talking about the Navy, <laughs> I go in circles. Um, you were kind of a photographer in the Navy, right? Yeah, I took some pictures, but I no, I wasn't. I wouldn't call myself a photographer. I took a lot of pictures because that's what you do when you're in the service. Well, was it kind of the the equivalence of just people with their phones today? You you weren't, you know, you enjoyed taking pictures, but it wasn't a big deal. Kind of like an iPhone. yeah, it's yeah, it's just you know, like a guy diving off the diving board. I took pictures. You know, different things like that, but I was never. Well, I, I think it's awesome. I have I've scanned a bunch of your photos. And <laughs> what kind of camera did you have? Do you remember? I had a 35 millimeter. Still got it. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. I thought it wasn't a brownie, was it? I think it was. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, where did you have them processed in 
and printed while you were in Japan, or did you have them? Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. And were were there Polaroids, or were they all like film? They're all film. Most of them was film. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think that's something I, you know, I I doubt that I got my photography interest in because I didn't even know you were a photographer. But it's cool that how many things have kind of stayed stayed in the family, like interest have, have yeah kind of, have kind of um, I don't know stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. They. Um, so yeah, that might be the last I talk about the Navy and let's come, come up with something else. Um, but you were my first baseball coach. I'll <laughs> tell you, one of the coolest things you ever gave me was, uh, well, it was around the time you moved into this new house. You gave me the hat that you wore when you coached me, Clinton Massey, the Navy blue hat with a, with a CM on it. I love that hat so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done a lot of coaching in my life. So you were coaching. That, go, go ahead. I was just going to say that's something I really enjoyed doing, teaching little kids. You know, there's a difference between teaching them and then just letting them play. I mean, I've had little guys, and, and you talk to their parents, and you say, your son doesn't want to play ball. Well, I want him to play. So... You know, they force him to play. Well, what do they do? I put them out in right field, and they go out there, and they sit in the grass and play in the, play in the mud <laughs> or the dirt. You know, they, they wasn't in a, a one bit in a, And all that does to an individual is just force them to where they'll never want to do it. Mm-hmm. When you force somebody to do something, you, you can't do that. That is true. That's something I've, I've always liked about you is you never really pushed anything on us. You've always been a, a lead by example kind of guy. Well, that's see, that's my Gary, my son. Mm-hmm. He's told me he said, "Daddy said I wish you'd have made us play softball or baseball." And you know, like I say, they chose what they wanted to do, and and I showed them interest because. I played softball until I was 65 years old, and uh, I always enjoyed it, and they went to a lot of games. But, uh, yeah, they told me, Gary told me one time, he said, Dad, I wish you'd have forced me to play ball. Well, you don't force your kids to do anything because that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, yeah then you know, the opposite could be. Could yeah. You used to force me to do this stuff, and... I mean, I think a little, a little push is maybe okay yeah. to try but, things. Well, it's like, and Philip said the same thing. It's about going, like going to church. We made them get up and get ready and go to church. Now they don't go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, we forced them to go instead of letting them make their own decision. So I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. When you used to <coughs> coach me, I think it was, was it T-ball and then it was coach pitch? Yeah. I don't know if... If we ever got to, I was young enough, I don't know if we ever got to a point where there was a, a, a kid pitcher. Well, you left, but yeah, I've, uh, in fact, Earl Rose is one of my ball players. And if you remember when Earl started playing, he's not very coordinated. And uh, when he, when he uh, finished, he turned out to be quite a ball player. I mean, he's still a good ball player. When you used to coach me, how did how were the teams formed? 
they were set up. It was uh, kind of a little league uh, set up where you had different little leagues. And like Clarksville had two or three teams. And you coached them. And I would always take the team that was the worst. Yeah. That had the worst, you know, like people like Earl and had, that couldn't really didn't have the ability to throw a ball. In fact, when Earl started, he couldn't throw a ball over 20 feet. And he'd have to roll half that. But I took people like that because people like that are teachable. The bad news bears, it sounds like. <laughs> They're teachable. And, and when you when you can teach people, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And they listen because they're, they they want to learn. They know they're not good, so they want to learn. So when you teach them, they're more teachable. Some of these kids, I've, I've had boys on my team that was, they were good ball players when they started. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to, get the the not so good kids in with the good kids to where they would help each other and, and it works out great when you do that. I always felt like I was I was in one of those Hollywood movies where I was in there with a bunch of bad news bears and I was the hot good player. Yeah. I mean is that, is that a real memory or is that a made up memory in my head? Well I had uh you and do you remember the first time you started? And I put you in shortstop. I remember you telling me the good, best player plays shortstop, and it's the most fun position. Shortstop, shortstop and third. Third's a hot corner, and shortstop's... At, they're all important, but uh, them are two, the two hot spots. Yeah. And if you want to be a good ball player, that's where you start. Mm-hmm. But, you know, second base is the same way. you got to learn to turn a double play. you got to know how to field your position. Oh. I went my pretty much my entire life never playing second base or pitcher. I can't pitch. I'm not accurate, but I, you know, I'm not accurate enough to be a pitcher. Yeah. And I was in a, a men's league in Chattanooga, and they put me at second base. And normally, I'm the guy who's always yelling. I, I try to, you know, I try to calm down a little bit now that I'm older. But uh, I'm usually the guy that's yelling and throwing my glove and whatever. Well, I played with a guy who was more competitive than me. He was playing shortstop, and he I had never played second base before. You know, I played in church league, and that second base is where you would stash someone who wasn't very good, slow, overweight, whatever. Man, this guy, I it was a quick awakening. I you know, I, I figured it out, but man, he was always yelling at me, and he, you know, I felt like I was even today if I'm on a team, I'm never the worst guy on the team. Yeah. No matter how good the team is, I, I'm good enough. That, so I, I quickly became a good second baseman, but I had no idea the requirement it takes to be a good second baseman. Well, you, you, learn, you learn quick. I, I started second, <clears throat> and that's where, when I was in high school, in fact, I played every position, I even caught, but I only caught for 10 pitches, maybe, mm-hmm. 15 and I played them off the backstop. And the coach said, well, he said, Don, I see you're not going to do that. So, Yeah, it was fun. when I it was Right before I moved to Chattanooga, I was on three men's league teams. I was on one team, and I was subbing for two more. And I, I played most of them. And a couple of them, they were pretty, pretty well-established teams. 
but um, there's a female on one of their teams who I was kind of friends with. She brought me into one. And, oh, you know, sometimes she'd give me a, a premium position depending on what her other players were there. But then she put me in right field. You know, right field's another place where you stash the That's worst right. guy. That's right, the worst guy. That's Well, that, I mean, that and even when I was in Michigan, you know, I, I was the unknown guy. So they put me in right field, and they never once regretted it. The, the other team regretted it. But the thing of it is, all but you're put in right field because there's less balls hit to right field. You got less bat, left-handed batters. Most batters are right-handed. So you put the worst player in left field or in right field because you know there's not that many balls hit out there. But it's just as important out there with this think of the Reds where they'd be without a right fielder. They'd be even worse than what they are now. I hope you can come visit me sometime down in Chattanooga because I, you probably well, know well. Chattanooga is, uh, is a farm team for the Right, fans. yeah. Have I ever told you about the Miracle League? I probably have. I don't remember. I've, I don't, been, I've I don't. been coaching uh, for three years now, and I just got a text today. Season's about to start. It's two, two seasons... Uh, Two seasons a year. It's usually when it's not brutally hot. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, right. Do you know what Miracle League is? I don't think so. It's I don't. baseball for hand- children I, uh, and adults with disabilities. Disabilities, right. It's a disability, right. Yeah, so we have, um, you know, we have some, I think there is like an age minimum. Like they want them to be, at, you know, at six or seven. I wish Grandma would answer the phone up there. She will. Um, and then we have some some older older people as well, but we have blind children. Um, we have uh, some kids with ADHD, and it's uh, it's it's a really neat thing. We play two innings, and the field is made of it looks like blacktop, but it's all rubber. So if they fall, they're not going to get hurt. Yeah, right. And uh, I've never seen anyone hit it over the fence. Every once in a while it'll roll to the fence because it's all, it's all a hard surface. Yeah. Thing. But um, I'm head coach, so I'm a pitcher. So we play two innings. Everyone gets to bat. There's no outs. Um, and it's, it's really cool. The stands fill. And uh, behind our field, the Miracle League field, there's uh, girls baseball. And so, so sometimes they'll come and they'll be watching. And they'll come and cheer, so it's just, it's really neat. And all the all the kids get a walk up song, so whatever their favorite song is plays when they get up there. <laughs> oh, that's great! And our announcer is the same announcer for the Chattanooga Lookouts. His name's Alex, and so he'll say, "And now Don Myers," and sometimes he'll say, "Fan of the Cincinnati Reds." <laughs> and, you know, he'll give a little tidbit. He makes it really fun. That's it, good. It's really neat for. The, I'd love you to. I'd yeah, love I'll, you I'll enjoy that. I'd, I'd get you on the field with me. You can be a buddy. Um, yeah. So every every kid has at least one buddy, and it's just it's an adult um, who kind of just runs with them and just makes sure they're having a good time. It's, yeah, I'd enjoy really that. I, I don't know how I got known. My first softball was in Morrow, Ohio. They uh, sent word for me. They wanted me to come over and play on their team yeah. from Pleasant Plain, where I lived. And I don't know how they got my name or how they got anything, but... That's where I got my start. I started playing tomorrow, and, and it just escalated from there. How old were you then? I was just out of high school. I'll, I'll ask you, what is the what is the key to living to be 90 and 
being married until for 70 years. You're coming up on 70 years in the next year and a half. Well, that's easy. Yeah. You just say, yes, ma'am. Yeah, that get, that'll get you there. No matter what they say, just say, yes, ma'am, and you'll, get, you'll make it. Yeah. It's not that easy, but it's, that's the best way to start if, <laughs> if you want to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you have your ups and downs. Everybody has them, and, and what you got to do, you got to be man enough and woman enough to work through them. And put them, you know, put them aside and go ahead. So, and that's always been my wife. She can be aggravated at you and mad and keep mad enough to kill you. One minute and five minutes later, she's over it. Yeah. I'm not like that. I get mad. I am mad, mm-hmm. but I usually get over it. But yeah. it takes me a little longer. Are you a collector like she is? No. Have you ever had collections? I I don't I can't remember anything I collected. Like salt and pepper shakers? Well, I accumulated a lot of them after I got married. <laughs> but yeah, I I guess that was the only collection I ever had. Yeah, I, I wonder if, I feel like Grandma said that the reason she came, she has so many clowns down here is because William liked clowns, maybe not collected. I feel like maybe our family, if you like something, everyone starts buying you. Buying, that yeah. yes, yes, that's and true. You only collect it because people are buying it for you and you feel bad getting rid of yeah. it. Like, I remember one time, I, I, I thought it was funny, when I, if I try to buy you something, I try it. You know, if, if it's a really clever fishing thing. But I, I always wonder, like, yeah, I feel like he probably has enough fishing T-shirts. <laughs> and I remember one, it was in the last, just in the last five years, like, I I have enough fishing T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, it's not the idea of what you got. It's the idea of the gift, mm-hmm. you know. Giving it, they're giving it to you out of sincerity, so you accept it that way. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I don't think I could have enough fishing t-shirts. I wear, I wear them all the time, mm-hmm. and everybody knows I fish, so that's not a, not a big deal. Oh, your son's calling. Can you cut it off? You can yeah. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm sitting here podcasting. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. You want a podcast? No. <laughs> okay, well, what do you want? Yeah, you want to see what's going on? Oh, it's going fantastic. I sold $3 worth. Are you the big money winner? Uh, no, I sold uh, two or three antique uh, fishing poles for... Fifteen apiece, so I I made a little money, but other than that, we haven't. I don't know how much Mom and them's made a lot of money, so. Oh, I'm just getting curious, so I'm getting ready to. All right. Go over there, the yard and try to get some, get some more grass up, so I can cut this one and then go back over there and try to cut that one. All right. Well, you need any help? Give me a call. 
I'll send Derek oh, over. Help, yeah, I'll send Derek over. <laughs> you know, why don't you bring him over and come and get this refrigerator? Oh, yeah. All right, well, I'll talk to you later then if you don't need anything. All right, uh, I'm getting ready to go up to church, so. Oh, that's right, this is Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk to you later, bud. Have a good one. All nice. right, you too. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Wrapping up, what, what do you want to be known for? I know what I'm going to be known for, what I do in fishing, but that's all everybody talks about, so. I, I just want to be known as being a person that was the least honest and able to hold his head up when things are down. Yeah. So, and let everybody know that, you know, the world ain't all that bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I was telling Grandma yesterday, you're the only person I know that no one has a bad word to say about. Yeah, <laughs> we, was, we was talking at church on... Uh, there and and uh, we was talking about enemies, mm-hmm. and I told the pastor I said I don't think I got an enemy in a world that I know of. You don't. And he said I can believe that, but you know I don't know other people. There might be other people out there that don't like me, but they don't show it anyway. Why Why do you think so many people like you? Well, I try not to do anything to. Mess them up. I just, whatever they like to do or whatever they like to talk about, I I can just about talk about anything. So uh, it's kind of like the day with our friend out there. You you know, you, you socialize with people on what they like to do mm-hmm. and who they are. So Even if they like fishing, it makes it a little bit easier. Makes it a lot easier, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Grandpa, I know you got to, drive some people to prayer meeting yeah Um, so thank you for being on my podcast i hope it wasn't as bad as you were anticipating (laughs) well i didn't think it would be bad i just uh didn't know what it was all about so well would would you ever do it again on on someone else's podcast well i don't know why not i mean (laughs) it's just what i told you was truth and truth is truth you can't hide it